Welcome to the Terraword Space Podcast. This is Aravind. In this podcast, I attempt to demystify the developments in the space industry. All right, we're going to discuss something that is usually not discussed as much in the space industry, and that's the topic of cybersecurity. As we continue to launch more and more commercial satellites, I guess it's not a question of if we'll see the first big satellite hack, but when. To explore this subject further, I invited Matthew Bailly, VP of Space from SciSec, a cybersecurity startup from Switzerland. SciSec is not a space company per se, but they do offer cybersecurity solutions for space tech. In this episode, Matthew and I delve into why cybersecurity is relevant for space tech, the status quo of solutions available in the market, SciSec and what they do, and a number of other topics. Sit back and enjoy. Hi, Matthew. Thanks for being on the podcast. Hi, Arvind. I'm very happy to be here. Thanks for, uh, for having me. Brilliant. So let's get started. The first question that I usually start with is to ask guests to describe their story. Um, so let's start with that. What's your story and how did you end up doing what you're doing now? Uh, long story short, so I'm a material science engineer and I've worked uh, most of my career in the space industry on the business and sales uh, side, mostly on the mechanical and thermal uh, subsystems. But I've been very much aware of the procurement of the industrial ecosystem. Uh, and I just got interested in the cybersecurity for space in 2018. And since then, since then it's been a very uh, passionate subject. Uh, I've been trying to, uh, to address and advocate as much as, as I can, as we'll discuss today. Okay, sounds good. So what's your current role now? And, you know, what does SciSec do? Yeah, so I joined SciSec in uh, 2019. Uh, SciSec is a cybersecurity company. Uh, the company was created in 2018, so it's now a startup or a scale-up. Uh, and uh, my job is to, uh, is to apply the technology we develop for a lot of other uh, sectors like fintech, medtech, and so on and so on, to the space industry, uh, cybersecurity for space. That's, that's exactly what I'm trying to do. All right, that uh, sounds pretty interesting. So let's start with you know, the fundamentals and then we'll get to SciSec uh, in a bit. Um, so basics. You know, let's set the context. Why is cybersecurity relevant for space? You know, why should the space industry care about it, if at all? In space, like some people have been uh, worried about cybersecurity for decades, typically the military guys. So the, the, the big primes in Europe, it's, it's Airbus and Thales. They've been working on security products for military missions for decades. Uh, usually very large complex missions, large budgets, uh, fully qualified hardware and software, military grade, and so on and so on. Uh, however, for civil purposes, for commercial purposes, for all the new space trends, this is all very different. Uh, so we're talking, as you know, uh, very much about uh, small sats, uh, smaller platforms uh, orbiting in, in LEO, uh, using different kinds of uh, technologies, miniaturized payloads, and so on and so on. So for these folks trying to do business with space, it's really a, a big, there is a, a huge gap on the market because there is nothing, no products available off the shelf to address uh, these new missions. So I always quote this anecdote of a, of a prospect, of a client that told me that when they reached out to the big guys asking for their security products, uh, they said, well, here it is, it's, it's as big as a, as a fridge. 
and these guys were flying CubeSats. So you see the discrepancy between the two worlds, like it's absolutely not transferable, it's absolutely not relevant for, for the new space and for the, for the new space trend. So that's exactly what you're trying to, to address at SciSec is to uh, offer a product as much off the shelf as possible to all the operators uh, getting to the, the new space arena and launching uh, small sats, LEO constellations for mostly for business and civil or dual use uh, purposes. All right, interesting. Um, so, but if we want to get into details, could you give us an example of, uh, you know, how it would work? Uh, maybe we can start with Earth observation because I think that there's data involved. So I think there's, you know, an element of security. Um, but then I think we can also look at it from, you know, different segments, right? Maybe it's relevant in the space segment between space to, you know, satellite satellite communication or maybe ground segment, you know, how you control it, or maybe in the user segment, how we download the data, you know, that's how I'm thinking about it. Is that correct? And, you know, could you give an example of how it would work? The security is about uh, three pillars. This is what you see when you do a security 101. Yeah. It's like data confidentiality, data integrity, and data availability. This is what you want to protect. Um, to give you some examples, uh, data confidentiality is a very straightforward concept to understand. It's, it's the first risk I mentioned. It's uh, an attacker being able to access data he's not supposed to with an unauthorized uh, access. So if, if you're uh, an operator selling uh, Earth observation images, highly confidential to your clients, you really want to make sure that uh, the competitor of your client is not able to access these data very easily. Otherwise, why would he pay for that, right? So this is the type of questions you may, you may have from the end user saying, I really want to make sure that the data I'm paying for cannot be accessed easily by my competitor. That, that, that's kind of the, a very natural question to ask. Um, if I talk about data integrity, this is the ability of data of not being modified. Tempered is the actual word used by a security uh, expert. And there, you really care about data integrity. For example, if you use this data for any legal actions, any uh, enforcement of uh, regulations, uh, we talk a lot about climate change, trying to monitor exactly uh, assets, collecting data that will need to be used for legal purposes in courts or whatever, trying to really enforce. And then you have to prove that these data, that they, they, they're actually correct and they haven't been tampered with. This is data integrity. So if you're collecting any type of data from IoT or whatever, sensors or even images, you want to make sure that these data are, uh, <clears throat> are uh, integrated, uh, correct. And the last one is availability. And the example I, uh, I often take is uh, SSA, uh, so Space Situational Awareness Data. Uh, if you're an operator operating satellites, constellations, and you're relying on these SSA data, uh, to perform your collision avoidance maneuvers, then you really want to make sure that these data are accessible, available 24-7. Otherwise, why would you pay for that? Like, you really want to know when you need to move your spacecraft. And if these data are not accessible when you need it, then it doesn't make any sense for you to pay for it. So that's the type of, um, uh, of, of concepts you people worry about when talking about security in general about data security this is this is what it means confidentiality integrity availability this is the very classic uh, conception of security and then the last concept is about protecting software this is a bit more advanced 
very much uh, with the trend of edge computing, what we see on Earth, uh, where we have uh, more intelligence, more processing uh, on connected objects, and even more now on spacecraft, as we, we see uh, coming it to, to space. And there you need to, to protect the software, the code, the logic that is actually being executed on the, on the spacecraft. And one classic example I take is uh, all the missions dedicated to uh, in-orbit servicing. So if you're doing anything sensitive in space that relies on software, and software is used for all the operations of the bus and the payload for since, since, since the very beginning, but even more important if you have operations like you're, you want to deorbit the spacecraft, all the, uh, all the steps uh, before the actual deorbiting maneuver will be performed uh, autonomously on board the spacecraft. So you really want to make sure that the code, the software that is uh, performing all these actions has not been tampered with and it, it's exactly, exactly the code that is supposed to run uh, on your spacecraft and no one has been put any malware or any backdoor or any what, whatever modification of the software. So these are really the different kinds of uh, threats that we can worry about when talking about missions uh, in, in general. Okay, very clear. I think that gave a very, very nice overview. Um, so in terms of solutions today, you mentioned that, you know, if you go to a supplier, they give you huge uh, component that, you know, is not good for the small sat, CubeSat world. Um, but, you know, in terms of also software solutions available, are there cryptographic solutions? Um, you know, what is the status quo today in terms of cybersecurity? How do, how do folks protect their availability, integrity, you know, the, the space assets today? You know, can, can anyone go and hack a satellite today or is it that easy or are we kind of over, overplaying it? Um, so let me start uh, by, by saying this. Um, first of all, our experience at SciSec, we've been involved in, in, in that for about three years now. So we, we've been talking to a lot of operators in Europe and in the in US, also a bit in Asia. Uh, let's say that the level of maturity, of expertise, of understanding of cybersecurity in general in the space industry is much lower than in fintech or in medtech. You, you, you talk, typically uh, you talk to a chief information officer, you, t you talk to people that have really a security background. So they have been trained, it's their profession, their security professionals. In space, in the space industry, it is very unusual that we have somebody on the operator yeah, that, I wonder that who is you a talk security to, expert. Right? Like there's no, there no CIO in a, in a space <laughs> company. Not yet, not yet. So yeah, we usually we talk to the system engineers, to the ground segment engineers, to the uh, onboard software engineers, to, to, to these guys, but they are space engineers. They're they not security engineers. For, the, for them, they have like some very basic understanding of cryptography. And uh, what we hear very often is when we start asking questions and, and they're interested to, to know what we're doing and so on, is that when we ask how you guys protecting yourself, your, your assets, your, your data. And one answer we got uh, and we get still uh, is, oh, don't worry, we're doing AES encryption. <laughs> this is like the, the very classic answer from all operators, like, don't worry, we're doing AES encryption. Even sometimes they add uh, with 256 uh, keys. Uh, 
which is good, but uh, encryption is only one tool available within the cryptographic tools that you have at your, dispo at your disposal. And it protects only confidentiality. And it's only an algorithm. AES is an algorithm. So AES itself is good. It's a very robust algorithm. I absolutely recommend that. It's been certified, it's been proven, and so on. It's great. But uh, it protects only confidentiality. And also, it, it depends on a key, right? So you need to have a private key that is used on both sides of the channel. So then there are multiple questions security professionals will ask about these keys. How did you generate these keys? How did you store them? How did you exchange them? What is your key management process? Uh, and so on and so on. And, and these, let's say that the broader scope is usually totally blurry for, for space engineers. Outside of the simple implementation of AES, with like keys maybe generated very simply on a piece of software and then shared by email or in an Excel file, this is, this is pretty much the, the standard today. So and it's 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 very security is much more than just uh, implementing AES twenty twenty uh, five six. Uh, so that's what we're trying to 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 tell them to 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 educate and to say that this is the overall scope. You need to 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 implement a proper security by design approach. Uh, implementation only comes after. So the first step usually is to actually define a threat model. Is to think about who might be a potential attacker, who, who has an interest to attack you. <clears throat> what are you worrying about? Are you worrying about your data? What is important for your business? Uh, what are your customers paying for? If, if they're paying for data that are highly confidential, then yeah, confidentiality is your main purpose. But maybe not. If you're doing SSA, I, I mentioned before, availability is absolutely critical. So yeah, it's, it's really a process. It's really about... Um, applying the, the, the standard guideline of, of security by design, going through this, this approach, and then only after uh, going through the implementation phase and looking out for products that could solve what you're trying to do. But we see lots of time that the, the big mistake that we see is that rushing towards implementation, typically AES 2056, as I said, without really questioning the need for AES or any uh, crypto that is based on, again, a threat model, a risk analysis uh, that really defines why, why you're doing that, why you applying this, this, this security mechanism and why not another one. Mm -hmm. Makes sense. So that's, that's really the, the, all this complex question about security that uh, we've, been, we've been tackling and handling and helping operators. And we see that our experience that every mission is different, uh, pretty much. So there is not a single answer. So a lot of times operators ask us like, can you tell us like, what is the golden tip? What, what, is, what, does, it, what does it take to protect our data and our assets? And we're like, well, it depends. What is your business? What do you care about? And so on and so on. So if you haven't been through this, this, this process, these questions first within your team as an operator, then uh, it's hard to, to tell us as a security professional that you need these products be because we don't know if this product actually fills your needs. Uh, so this is what we're trying to, to do and to, uh, to raise awareness about uh, TISEC. Interesting, that's, that's, uh, you know, that gives a very nice understanding of how status quo is. Um, I was also curious, are there examples of anything wrong that happened or have there been any attacks? Uh, because I'm just curious, at the top of my head, I can't think of anything that was super serious, or maybe I'm wrong. 
you're right and you're wrong at the same time. It's, again, it's also a very classic uh, question that we, we get when you talk to operators. Like, has anybody else been attacked before? Like, do we need to do, shall we be the first ones to, to actually uh, handle security? They're a bit like questions like that. It's kind of funny when you think of all the other companies uh, doing terrestrial uh, services, like nobody will ask like, am I going to be attacked? Is my competitor going to be attacked? No one cares. Like everybody knows that this is something you need to protect yourself against. Uh, but the answer is yes. There have been lots of cyber attacks against uh, space systems. There is a public database uh, that records about 70, 70 um, incidents that happened to space systems. Uh, you can uh, rank them and, and filter by the type of attacks and uh, see if it was applicable to the ground segment, the space segment, the communication channels, and so on and so on. So it's very broad. Uh, this is only the public information. And my personal opinion is that this is only the tip of the iceberg. So space is such a, let's say, a security by obscurity <laughs> type of uh, sector in the sense that we've been uh, historically uh, doing very much uh, or thing in our own little corner, trying to not uh, have too much tra transparency so people don't see what we're doing. So we have kind of this culture of uh, obscurity. So I think this is the very, very tip of the iceberg. Uh, and I hope that um, with all these new spacecraft being launched, like we're talking about thousands, those dozens of thousands, I don't know, like I read the other day, like hundreds of thousands new spacecraft in the next 10 years. This is, these are totally crazy numbers. Uh, so I, ha I hope that we will not see the 9-11 the, the of, of space with cybersecurity. Like if we if potentially, like we could potentially have a cyber attack uh, interrupting, shutting down services provided by space assets. And there have been research performed about the consequences of uh, a large cyber attacks targeting space assets. And obviously, the, 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 the most critical infrastructure in space, I think, in my opinion, is the navigation constellations, uh, GPS, Galileo, and so on. These, in my opinion, are very well protected. I'm not worried, worried too much about these ones. I'm more worried about all the rest, especially the commercial players that, that are really rushing to launch their constellation because they want to be the first in service in business to get to get the business and this is really uh this is terrible because if you have a team of space engineers that have no experience no no background about security you ask them to rush to put that spacecraft as fast as possible into orbit you can you can be sure that you end up with something that is not very well protected and then what, once you have the, the, the Pathfinder mission, once you have the first uh, spacecraft and everything's fine, you may be, uh, you may be saying, OK, let's, let's launch the other ones. It was OK. So, and then you end up with a constellation that is not very well cyber protected. So this is exactly what we're trying to, to avoid, is to, uh, to raise awareness uh, about this, this issue, this, uh, this risk, to say that uh, we need to do better uh, as an industry in general. Yeah, definitely. It's uh, yeah. It looks like you know we are one attack away from kind of learning learning lessons the hard way. Um, all right, let's move to SciSec then. So, what is SciSec? But maybe Arvin, if if I yeah. may, uh, just to come back because space space industry, we very much know that for the for the public we have uh, let's say a high tech image, uh, but we know that it's actually in terms of technology flying, it's very much conservative. 
And we, we've seen it in the last couple of years with other uh, sectors. I'm thinking especially about uh, IoT. So uh, 10, 15 years ago, engineers started playing with connected objects. They were like, oh my God, it works. Uh, I can send a message. I can collect data from a basic sensor. It's great. And then we, we, <laughs> we deployed hundreds of thousands of these connected objects. And when we started to see the first cyber attacks uh, at large scale, so hackers were taking advantage of the scale of deployment of these connected objects to, to harm and to damage these infrastructures and even use them as weapons. We, we've seen that uh, multiple times. So this, this was IoT 10, 15 years ago, and now uh, it's very different. You have a lot of products in terms of cybersecurity for, for IoT. You have even standards in some countries in the, in the UK, in California, and so on. It, and it's coming. Uh, Europe, Europe will be next. And it's very much now in the, in the culture of IoT companies. The uh, security is now very well accepted. Um, so I believe space is taking a similar path in the sense that we are launching uh, satellites. We see that all the great things they can do. And then we'll realize, oh my God, now um, after maybe the first cyber attack, we'll say, okay, we need to, to raise a bit the level of protection. I think my opinion is that we're going to, this, to a similar direction. I would hope that we, we, we learn this lesson uh, not in the hard way, like for example, IoT did for some, for some companies. And to take another example besides IoT is the maritime industry. Very much similar in the sense that they, op they operate uh, assets, large ships, uh, transporting goods. Uh, and uh, in 2019, 2018, 2019, there have been uh, uh, numerous cyber attacks on all the big players of the maritime industry. All of them, they were attacked one after another. Maersk, uh, the, the number one in the world, they lost 300 millions in these cyber attacks. They targeted the, the, the cloud service uh, that allowed to, to book uh, the, the, the cargo and the shipment. So it totally destroyed the business for, for a number of days, totally killed the, the revenues. And then again, the whole industry was attacked because hacker. I think they, 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 they just saw the, the honeypot. They were like, this is, this is good. We have companies badly protected operating assets that are critical. This is the prime target. This is exactly what I want to avoid for the space industry, to have like a, a, big, a big target in our front head for, for the attackers. Uh, we, we don't want to be next. We, we don't want to be next. This is what I'm trying to say. So yeah, that's, that's what we, we're trying to, uh, to avoid. Yeah, no, definitely. <laughs> I mean, seems like because a lot of people don't seem to understand how the space industry works. Maybe, uh, you know, not a lot of hackers have looked towards this, but as it get, starts to get more and more, um, you know, commoditized and, you know, a lot more people launch satellites and operate satellites uh, and, you know, we build information systems for doing that. I think it becomes more and more, uh, you know, easy as well for hackers. Um, all right, so let's move to SciSec. And I wanted to first understand, you know, how your company got into doing, you know, space. What, is, what does SciSec do in general? And, you know, what's the interest in space? SciSec was founded by, by two guys from uh, another Swiss cybersecurity company called ID Quantic. And they, they, they did some work in space uh, at the time. So when they founded SciSec, they, they were a bit, let's say, conscious about the, the space industry. I knew these guys, I knew the, the two founders. And back then in 2018, 2019, when we looked at cybersecurity for space, there were very little literature 
very little articles online. Like the concept of hacking a satellite was just barely uh, born, I would say, uh, in the in the public domain. I mean, uh, it's it's something very recent, uh, and since 2018, 2019, we've really seen a, a big change in the uh, visibility of the topic. Uh, so there are some conferences in the US, they've been a bit the, the, the first, I hate to, to say that uh, the European guy, but they've been really ahead in terms of awareness about the security topic because they see also the consequences on the political uh, fashion in the sense that we know that space wars are something that are now uh, a reality. So the US have been first for military defense purposes and then also they brought also all the industry that are also doing business and commercial applications so that helped a lot to to, to raise awareness uh, on the other side of the of the pond uh, europe was a bit behind so when i started in 2019 there was really not much happening in europe and uh, we did we, we did a full market survey we, we talked to operators asking questions uh, so we really got to understand that there was a need, a big gap on the market. So we said, okay, let's let's try to do something. Let's try to build the first off-the-shelf products uh, for new space operators that are technically and financially accessible. So compatible with small sat, uh, typically low Leo missions, new space missions. Uh, so not like the fridge the, that we we talked about at the beginning. Uh, so that's exactly what we're trying to do. End-to-end -end mean, uh, means on ground and on board to really have the full protection of the data and the assets. Uh, and then we have various, uh, we can talk about the SciSec products, but uh, on ground securing um, the software for FinTech or securing uh, mission control software is very, very similar in terms of, of concept. So on ground, it's kind of the easy part. But uh, where we had to sweat a bit more is on the onboard uh, part to really build the onboard security product because we have to build uh, a fully embedded distribution of the product and then we had to make it compatible with the typical flight requirements, even for new space. And this is exactly what we flew uh, on uh, January 13th with the SpaceX uh, Transporter 3 mission. So that was the first generation of the onboard product, which is the most innovative. And this is why I think companies uh, want to work with us is because we are really pioneering uh, onboard security uh, and end-to-end -end security for, for new space missions. But this is, this is the most difficult part. Uh, so that's what we're trying to do. We'll, we'll, we'll have some flight heritage, hopefully, in the next couple of months. Uh, we, we did the first test. Uh, so far, the product has been performing well, so the team is extremely happy. Uh, so we went through this first experience of launching a product like many space companies do. Uh, lots of uh, anxiety. We were really uh, nervous and at the same time very excited, as you know, Arvind, when you launch your first product. Uh, so yeah, this is really our journey. And I think 2022 will be a, a cornerstone for SciSec because, as I said, we'll finally be able to prove that the product works in orbit. And we hope that this will accelerate the adoption uh, of, of the product uh, this year. Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, it's, a, it's an incredible achievement, right? Like uh, launching a first product and getting it uh you know space qualified which is which is great uh in terms of the work you've done i saw that you know you you're doing some work with isa so uh maybe you're doing work with other private companies as well so what is you know what is your work today uh in terms of you know the the products that are available in the market especially relevant for space 
So we've been doing uh, different things. So as a space company, of course, we, we have applied to uh, public funding uh, calls, typically ESA. So we have won uh, a number of projects with ESA and also in, in Switzerland to, to, to develop our product and also to respond to, to uh, security uh, calls that were open. So we have a bunch of ongoing projects uh, like that, which is great for, for innovation. Uh, and to build the roadmap, so this is really mid-long term, this is mid-long term uh, objectives. However, uh, to really address this burning need that we identified at the beginning, uh, we decided as a company in terms of strategy to perform all the development uh, in-house internally on our own fund, really to, to try to go as fast as possible. Uh, the goal was really to, to, to fly the product as soon as possible because Every time we speak to a lead or to, to a potential client, the, the, the first question is, has your product flown yet? Do you, do you have any flight heritage, as you know? So every time we're like, oh, no, <laughs> not yet. So we really wanted to go fast to build the first generation, to fly it, to get some feedback and to improve it. So we did that on our own fund. Uh, same for the IOD. We worked with uh, D-Orbit, the Italian company. <clears throat> So uh, we really try to go fast on a B2B kind of uh, partnership level. Uh, so this is for product development and uh, uh, in, in test uh, in flight. And the last pillar, the last thing we're doing, this was totally unexpected when it's, we started, is that when you talk to operators um, and we realized that they were struggling in general with, with security questions and the, the threat model and the risk analysis and so on and so on. And we've been asked several times to, uh, to help them. So in terms of professional services, consulting, uh, doing security assessment of the architecture they have implemented or, or they have designed or they have uh, foreseen, trying to... Uh, to, to, to give them the, the, the strengths and weaknesses of their architecture uh, because they want to know that before buying any product. They, they sometimes like, but tell me, tell me exactly where I need to focus. Why should I uh, more protect the satellite? Maybe I, I care more about the ground segment. I don't know. So we've been asked multiple times to do, uh, to have security professionals looking at the architecture. And, and to perform an assessment and also even going further into doing some design truly really architectural design in terms of security which can be extremely tricky uh, for example uh, if we if you have to, to design a key management system for connected objects uh, it can be really uh, the devil is in the details right so defining the key lens of the algorithm how it is implemented in terms of uh, architecture uh, it can be really tricky so we've been also doing a couple of projects like that where we have a very uh, <clears throat> very close collaboration with the operators and we really help them. So these are the three different things we've been doing today and we hope that the product uh, will, will take off this year and really a product company. So we hope that we can help more companies by having these uh, off-the-shelf uh, products available uh, very, time, very soon. All right, yeah, that makes, uh, that makes a lot of sense and good luck in terms of... <laughs> getting you know the solution into the market uh and you know having it relevant uh which brings me to one question that i wondered so how's the you know how's the support from you know the public sector you know we talked about isa and you know you're working with isa would should they be you know talking about this more i know that isa talks about it um or at least started talking about it a lot in the last few years uh, i know there's a lot of focus on security 
So do you think that this push for security should happen more from companies like yourself in the private sector or should it come from ESA in terms of, you know, setting a standard and, you know, getting things, you know, normalized in the market? Yeah, this is a, an interesting question. I think it's very much related to the question of standards, which always comes back when you talk about security. And it's also the same issue with space debris, right? So like trying to impose a standard, like you don't, you, you cannot fly if you don't have a deorbiting mechanism. You have to prove that you can handle that by yourself. And we we were very much aware of that uh, from from day one uh, because some companies said I'm not obliged like there is no mandatory requirements about security today you can launch a spacecraft even with propulsion capabilities and no one will ask you any question about your your uh, protection which sounds kind of crazy but this is this is the t situation today uh, so <clears throat> we think that standards will come in like in a number of years i hope the as soon as possible the us actually started drafting standards uh, for cybersecurity for commercial missions so it will come europe will follow this this is a matter of years i hope not decades just years but what we believed is that by raising awareness uh, trying to show operators why it is important to protect themselves uh, data and assets and giving them the tools uh, that are capable to, to do that, that are, again, technically and financially accessible, then trying to give them no excuses. Like if, you, if you're aware of the risks and you have the, the solutions to, to, uh, to protect yourself, then you have no more excuse. If you're, if you're driving a car and you know that uh, if you're driving on the highway, you, you have a risk to, to, to go into an accident and you have your seatbelt, well, you fasten your seatbelt, you have no excuses, right? So that's exactly what we're trying to do. Besides the regulations, which, which is another story and which will take a, a lot more time. Makes sense. Um, so you mentioned awareness and, you know, that brings me to, you know, something that I saw recently, which was super interesting, Hack Your Satellite, the event that uh, you guys are organizing. And, you know, it caught my attention because, you know, I, I don't think I've, you know, seen those two words put together, you know, hack, different, different thing, you know, happens in the software world, uh, such things in other industries. So it was interesting to see that happen in the space industry, the Hack Your Satellite event, and you call it OPSAT, correct? Is that what it's called? Uh your hack your satellite event so if you want to talk about it a little bit sure yeah so it's really in the same uh <clears throat> in the same effort to, to to raise awareness and visibility of the about the topic because space engineers sometimes they are very uh, meticulous in the sense that they follow standards they follow guidelines they follow procedures and they forget or they have no idea that some people don't some people do unauthorized things some people think different these guys are called the hackers. They're trying to do things that are not authorized. And they have a different mindset that exists. And to be able to understand how these guys work and think, and also to show them that this is something that is possible. Like, it sounds totally obvious for other businesses. Of course, if you're doing any business, you will be hacked. Like, no, no. Some people will try to attack you. The, the only question is uh, who and, and the level of skills and efforts these guys will, 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 uh, will, will do to, to, to take you down. But no, no questions that you will be hacked someday. So it's just about showing, showing space engineers, showing the space industry that hacking a satellite is, is a concept. Like people will try to do that. And also it is possible. Uh, 
it's really pragmatically showing that we invite hackers to, to, to perform demonstrations of hacking a flying satellite. So we, we, we had uh, the support of the European Space Agency that is flying a CubeSat called OPSAT. If you if you've had never heard of it, it's a test uh, test test bed kind of flying laboratory where you can test your software. It's been flying since 2019, and I asked Isa if you could use if we could use this spacecraft for the uh, for the demonstrations of uh, of the hackers at SciSat, and they they gladly they said yes. The team was very enthusiastic. Uh, the senior management a lot less, <laughs> but uh, we had to work a bit around that. But finally, uh, we, we've got the, the, the green light, so we'll, we'll be able to, to give access to, to, to HubSat to the, to the hackers so they can really show the typical techniques, the typical uh, strategies they, 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 they put in place to, uh, to, to, to damage, to, to, to introduce backdoor malware, the, all the, the stuff that hackers do, on the, and this time on the spacecraft. So that will be uh, part of SciSat in April uh, in Paris. Wow. Okay. That's uh, that is sound very exciting. You know, even if I don't know if I want to participate, but I think I want to come and have a look at you know what's going on and you know how people are looking at it because I've participated and you know seen hackathons in the software world before. So you know, excited to see how that goes on. Um, so I was also curious, how does cybersecurity in you know IT software that we know of differ from cybersecurity in space? Based on what you're saying, it seems like there is not a lot of difference. Of course, there is, you know, the domain uh, difference, which is, you know, has to come with, you know, where you're operating. You're not operating, you know, in a data center. You're not operating in a cloud. You're operating in space. And, you know, the architecture of that is a bit different. But conceptually, it seems like it's, you know, it's pretty much the same, right? So I'm not surprised you guys got into space being a cybersecurity company. Yeah, my opinion is that it's, uh, it depends. Like on ground, as I said, like it's very similar. Uh, if you're protecting uh, mission control software, it's, it's very classic uh, software protection. You're implement, implementing cryptographic tools on-prem or in the cloud. You have many options to do that. The only specific part of space is the satellite itself. Uh, and maybe, again, I'll stress that all the attack vectors on the satellite itself uh, come from the ground. So... All the risks are when you're designing, when you're developing, when you're testing, when you're integrating, when you're transporting, when you're launching your satellite. This is this is when uh, it can be uh, attacked. Um, so of course there is the difficulty of uh, designing a security product that can uh, fulfill all the constraint environment of a satellite. It's typical typical of embedded systems. So it's kind of the usual embedded system world, except that obviously you have to deal with the harsh environment of space. Yeah, makes sense. Cool. So one last question before we move to a few wrap up questions. Uh, it's been, you know, on my mind for a few years now, and it's related to one of those buzzwords that we keep hearing about that is blockchain. And, you know, I've been I'm not a blockchain expert, but I've been a blockchain enthusiast for a few years. And I published a white paper a few years ago on, you know, different applications of blockchain for space. And you know, the topic of cybersecurity and, of course, security came up. Uh, and I didn't really think about it too much. But And there are, you know, quite a few players now, you know, trying to get into that space and, you know, building blockchain-based solutions. So where do you stand on, you know, the use of blockchain? Do you guys use it? Or, you know, what is it really going to be used for? 
so we don't use it as size secondarily. Uh, we do some work with the crypto crypto cryptocurrency world. Uh, so we, we had to implement the blockchain compatible algorithms on our, on our products uh, for fintech mostly. In terms of security, uh, let's say that um, my, my, my opinion, my, this is only my, my personal gut feeling is that the, the space industry in general is already like uh, so far away from implementing proper standard classic uh, security mechanisms that we don't need to add, to add another uh, complexity layer with blockchain. So that, that's why we're just focusing at SciSec for the at least for the new space segment on like really standard stuff that that is efficient and proved and demonstrated and, and, and with a lot of heritage in terms of security. Uh, that being said, I think there are some interesting initiatives on ground. I think it makes a lot of sense for, for the ground downstream, more downstream uh services applications to use blockchain i think uh, there are some companies active in that on on the satellite itself but on board security i would be a bit more uh doubtful uh, let's say but that's my my personal opinion yeah sounds good uh all right a couple of uh, wrap-up questions so if you were to imagine a best case scenario for cybersecurity uh for the space industry how does that look like does it look like you know, having off-the-shelf um, solutions available that people don't think about it, they can just, you know, go and, you know, just integrate it um, off-the-shelf cybersecurity solution. Is that the best-case scenario or the best-case scenario is maybe having a guideline like what we discussed for debris and, you know, so or how does the best-case scenario look like in your opinion? So my, my dream <laughs> is that we have a combination of things. Uh, f- first of all, Let's train space engineers with cybersecurity. I think this is something that needs to be done. Uh, we have been in touch with a couple of schools, uh, for example, SuperO in France, to not to mention them. They, they, they started doing some things around security. The uh, ISU is also uh, now a bit more aware. So we need to train space engineers about cybersecurity. This needs to be part of their curriculum. Uh, this is mandatory. I think this this should be done in the next couple of months or years as soon as possible. Uh, we also need to bring a new mindset uh, to, to the space industry in general. This will come also with the new generation of engineers trained in security to really have this security by transparency approach that we see it in all other uh, sectors, like I mentioned Tesla, like uh, offering a million dollars for the ethical hackers to, to hack their Model 3. This is what we need to do transparency. This is the most secure way of, of operating assets and protecting data. And this requires a total different uh, mindset and a shift of what we are today uh, in the space industry. And then products, obviously, uh, products available. That, that's exactly what we're trying to do at SciSec. So not, not only us, but other products, both for the ground, for the onboard, trying to, uh, to, to fit all the different needs of the missions uh, and also from di- different geographic parts of the of the world uh, and regulations. This is the last uh, piece of the puzzle. Uh, having regulations enforced, you cannot fly if you haven't proved that uh, your spacecraft is securely operated from a cyber perspective. Especially if you have propulsion capabilities, I think this is this is a must-have. Like, I can't I cannot imagine that we keep launching these satellites without any questions on, on cyber with with the the cyber risks 
are not going to decrease, in my opinion. It's just going to be worse and worse, uh, especially for the space industry that is growing uh, significantly. So these are the different things that need to <laughs> to merge and to uh, and to happen, uh, hopefully uh, as soon as possible. Yeah, I mean it's a it's a nice vision, and you know I hope that some of it at least come to reality. And uh, it's inevitable, right? Because you know, either um, you know we're going to be proactive and do it, or there's going to be something. And yeah, worst case the the nine eleven that we talked about at the beginning. So if tomorrow like an operator gets hacked, something bad happens then obviously uh, we'll get a lot of calls at SISEC, yeah. uh, <laughs> which is good for our business, but will be terrible for the industry in general because uh, it's a question of trust. This is also a concept we I haven't really mentioned yet, but the trust that the clients, the end users have in space assets and data is absolutely paramount if you want to, to, to have a sustainable business. We need to keep this trust. If tomorrow a satellite gets hacked, then you, you, you break this, and then it's a, it's, totally, it's a totally different game from the, uh, from the end user perspective. So we really don't want that to happen. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, I was going to ask you about the worst case scenario, but I think we've addressed that uh, quite a few times. Um, all right. Thank you. Thanks, Matthew. This was uh, very, very fun. And thanks for being on the podcast. Yeah, thank you so much, Arvind. Hey, this is Arvind again. Thanks for listening. If you like this episode, Please subscribe to the TerraWatt Space Podcast on your favorite podcasting platform. Also feel free to sign up for my newsletter, TerraWatch on Substack. That is terrawatch.substack.com, where I attempt to decode the recent developments in space tech and its impact on Earth. Thanks again and hope to see you for the next episode.